0: a lot. Law- Locked On Cougars, this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. A lot to get to on a Monday edition as we talk all things BYU sports today. Plenty to recap for you. We'll talk BYU basketball as they snap their three-game losing skid to the USF Dons. We'll talk about the return of Gavin Baxter and what that might potentially mean for the BYU basketball program. Also get to some thoughts on BYU football. Bill Connolly and ESPN out with his returning production numbers and some good news for the BYU football program. We'll break that down a little bit as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news from a full weekend of BYU sports. We'll run all of that down for you on today's show. Today's show brought to you by our good friends over at Spavia in Sandy. We'll tell you what they're offering our listeners in the run up to Valentine's Day here in just a little bit. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get started. This is Locked on Cougars for February 10th, twenty. 20. What's up guys? I'm Jake Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars a Resident BYU Insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. If you're new to the show, well, welcome on in. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU news, insider information, and essentially any other things you can't find anywhere else each and every day with this podcast all focused on BYU. It's available everywhere podcasts are to be found, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Store. Please download the show, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and also make sure to leave us a favorable rating and review as well. It really does help get the word out about the podcast, and I thank you in advance for doing that. Let's start off today talking BYU basketball. The Cougars beat the USF Dons 90-75, to and a fantastic showing for BYU, I thought, in this game, despite a second-half lull once again that allowed USF to get back within 10 points. It looked like BYU was going to cruise to a victory, and I have to say, uh, just right off the top, Sam. San Francisco is a good basketball program. I know their head coach left last season, but he did not leave the cupboards bare and I think they've done a good job carrying on in his absence. So Kyle Smith left things in a good place. The Dons are now 16-10 on the season, 5-6 and in West Coast Conference play. Uh, USF was considered to be a dark horse uh, NCAA tournament team if they were able to knock off BYU for a second time this season, but alas, BYU took care of business. They're now 19-7 overall, 8-3 in conference play, still in second place behind Gonzaga. It was 90 to 76 was the final. I said 90 to 75, excuse me. I didn't mean to short change San Francisco by a point, but the most impressive thing about this game was I really liked how BYU went about spacing the floor and just playing good basketball, plain and simple. It was just a fun game. Yoli Childs poured in a season-high 32 points, one off his career-high of 33 points. you think at some point Yoli's going to go off and have a 40-point game because he's that good of an athlete. He's that good of an offensive threat, but every time you think he might be able to do it, and I thought a game like Saturday night against San Francisco was an opportunity for him to do that because San Francisco opted to essentially single-team him. instead so a double-team him and I felt like if he really would have wanted to push it, he probably could have gone for that. But I thought it was a very good showing uh, for him. I. Childs added six rebounds, two assists and a block in the game. Jake Toulson and TJ Hawes added 13 points apiece on five of eight shooting. They also had seven assists apiece. Seven assists apiece, excuse me, on a peach. Uh, so good to see uh, significant stat lines for all three of BYU's senior leaders and a good win overall for BYU. I think the more notable thing out of this game is we saw the return of Gavin Baxter for a short stint in two different stints in this game. And of course, he's been out after Undergoing shoulder surgery to replace a torn labrum from a shoulder uh, injury that he suffered in preseason training. And a lot of people have made a lot of okay, is Gavin Baxter healthy enough to play? Should he come back? Because he's not going to be able to get his red shirt back. Everything I've read on the NCAA uh, red shirt database with regard to college basketball is it's not like college football. College football, you can play four games regardless of when it is in the season, and you can use that and use your red shirt with just those four games played. In college basketball, it has to essentially be. 30% or less of the season played, but it has to be in the first part of the season. You can't play the last part of the season and say, well I only played 30% of the season, give me my red shirt. It doesn't work that way as far as I'm aware and I've read up on multiple sources on this, so it doesn't look like there's any chance for Gavin Baxter to keep his red shirt intact and he's been chomping at the bit, bit to play and I don't blame him one bit. It's hard to sit on the sidelines and watch your teammates have success especially in a season like this where BYU very much is on track to make the NCAA Tournament. Uh, Prognostication's kind of funny how they kind of go about things because last week BYU was as high as a 7 seed and then Andy Katz who's one of the more well respected uh, prognosticators put BYU as an 11 seed on his Saturday bracket. So it looks like BYU is in the NCAA tournament, and you hope they don't get downgraded just because that's it's BYU and they don't play on Sunday and all that other crap that seems to be thrown at them whenever this happens. But it looks like BYU is on track to make the NCAA tournament. The good news is, with regards to Gavin Baxter, is if he can come back and just be that athletic rim defender The BYU has lacked at points this season, that is enough. He doesn't need to be a huge offensive threat. BYU's got plenty of offense. Yoli Childs, TJ Hawes, Connor Harding, uh, th- there's multiple names, Jake Toulson, TJ Hawes, uh, there's so many names on BYU's roster that can carry the offensive load for BYU. Gavin Baxter, what he needs to do is he works his way back into game shape, and you hope he doesn't ha- suffer another injury to that shoulder by coming back as soon as he has in the four-month time frame. You hope that he comes in and can play energetic defense, be a good rebounder, and just be that energy guy off the bench for BYU. If he can come in and defend the opposing team's best big man for 15, maybe 20 minutes at most a game by the end of the season, that's enough. You don't need him to score 15 points a game. There's no need for that at this point. Next year, when he comes back leading a contingent of guys after BYU graduates a bevy of seniors, that's when you say, okay, can you work on your offensive game a little bit here and become more of an offensive threat that you showed at points during your freshman season in uh, 2019? I'd like to see that next year. This year though, his role right now needs to be he needs to be that 6 foot 9 rim defender who can jump out of the gym and will not allow anybody to have easy buckets at the rim. He has to be careful of foul trouble obviously. In college basketball, rim defenders are at a disadvantage. It seems like college referees for whatever reason are so ready to just call guys who are trying to play good defense and they just tag him with fouls. So at minimum, Gavin Baxter is five additional fouls for BYU to throw the best the opposing team's best big man or big men, and that's a fantastic development for BYU in that regard. But even more than that, we've already seen from Gavin Baxter as a freshman, he's a guy who can contribute at a high level, and what he needs to be right now is that energy guy and a rim defender for BYU as they go down the stretch run of the season here. They're on the road in Southern California this coming weekend, facing off against the Loyola Marymount on Thursday before taking on San Diego on Saturday. So, two Southern California games this weekend. If you're a BYU fan down, down there in Southern California, you can watch the Cougars in action on the road if you so desire. Uh, five more games in the regular season. It's crazy to think it's coming that quickly, but it truly is. It's on its way. So, get excited, BYU fans. I think the Cougars are going to make their at-large uh, dreams of the NCAA tournament come true. All the prognostications are that they will make that come true, and that's that's fantastic news if you're a BYU basketball fan, and it's fun to see. This is a fun team. And if you haven't been as engrossed as you would like to be, start getting engrossed at this point. Start buying in because this basketball team is very much a talented, talented program. All right, we'll switch gears, talk some BYU football here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, Valentine's Day is this Friday, guys. Think about it. It's coming quick. Most of you probably haven't even thought about what you're getting your significant other for Valentine's Day, have you? I do the same thing. Don't worry. I'm with you guys. And I actually have a fantastic option for you guys. Every woman enjoys the luxury feeling of a luxury spa. You don't have to go to a five-star resort to get this because Spavia in Sandy has the answer for you. They bring the five-star resort five-star resort feel to you and it's it's cheaper than if you were staying at a five-star resort. It's fantastic. Spavia is the best of the best. They have All kinds of spa packages for you guys, facials, couples massages, individual massages, sport massages, deep tissue, whatever you need, Spavia has it for you. They will take care of you guys. They'll make sure you're taken care of so that way your significant other does not feel jilted on Valentine's Day on Friday. What they're going right now is they have all of these specials going on, free, pick, free gifts with purchase, etc. But they have a special offer, which is their best offer that they're offering to our Locked On Cougars listeners. And that is that they're offering, if you buy two gift cards, you get a third of equal value for free. So for example, you buy two $50 gift cards, they add an additional $50 gift card as a gift from Spavia. Fantastic offer. It's the best offer they're offering anybody this Valentine season. So give them a call, guys. They'll take care of you. Give Spavia a call at 801-424-7566. Mention that you're a Locked On Cougars listeners, and they will make sure they put together the perfect package for your special Valentine, and make sure to let them know if you want that special two-for-one deal, the two gift cards with a third of it equal value for free, they'll make sure you're taken care of in that regard as well. Score points with your Valentine and give the gift of an ultimate relaxation and pampering, give the gift of Spavia. Check it out, guys. Spavia, 801-424-7566, right there in Sandy, making sure you're taken care of as we run up to Valentine's Day on Friday. Alright guys, BYU football obviously in the middle of their offseason workouts we will have uh, spring football beginning March 2nd so it's coming quicker than you might think. The month of March essentially will be all of spring football for BYU. We'll have that covered for you right here on the podcast but in the run up to that, the offseason is obviously in full swing but Bill Connolly from ESPN does a great job. He's very much an analytics mind when it comes to college football and last week he put out his uh, most returning production rankings for all 103 30 FBS programs and on this list, BYU came in actually at a pretty decent number 43rd overall with 70% of their production returning and you're probably wondering, okay what in terms of returning production is he talking about? So on offense, BYU is 26th with 77% of their production returning, meaning receiving yards, rushing yards touchdowns accounted for, etc. The majority of their production loss is from the wide receiving core for BYU, Talon Shumway, Micah Simon and Levahifo, All graduating and moving on, so that's where that production is lost, and also that running back with guys like Tyson Williams leaving, but there is a lot of production returning as well. On defense, BYU is ranked 72nd with only 62% returning, so not as good on the defensive side of things, but a number of defensive stars for BYU were limited this past season, so you would think that that number, had they played to their typical capabilities, it would have been a higher number for them. on defense. Defense, but overall, BYU 70% of their production returning is good enough for 43rd in college football. Now you're probably wondering what does this have to do with BYU going into 2020? Well, all the other programs outside of North Alabama on BYU's schedule were listed on this as terms of production returning. And dead last on the list is Utah. BYU season opening opponent on September 3rd. Is that September 3rd? When they go up to Rice-Eccles Stadium, Utah is dead last, 130 out of 130 in terms of production returning. Utah has to replace a lot, and that is saying the bare minimum. Does Utah have a higher talent base than BYU overall? Well, we're about to find out because Utah, when it's to replace that much production, you would think on paper this is the time for BYU to strike and pick up a win and snap that streak against the Utes. It's going to be tough up at Rice-Eccles Stadium, obviously. Playing away from home is always tough, particularly in a rivalry game as heated and as passionate as this one is. But Utah, 130th out of 130 teams in terms of of returning production and like I said on paper it looks like a big opportunity for BYU looking at other significant teams or significant programs on BYU's 2020 schedule and where they rank in terms of returning production Michigan State who just is in the middle of a coaching search all of a sudden after Mark D'Antonio stepped down last week well Michigan State that was seven and six last year they had a hundred they're 116th in returning production they had 10 players named to go to the NFL combine Utah had nine guys going to the NFL Combine. So there's a lot of production leaving for BYU's first two opponents on the season. And on paper, with BYU being 43rd with 70% of their production returning, you would think, okay, this is an opportunity for BYU to go 2-0 to start the season. But we are talking about Power 5 programs that they're recruiting at a higher level than BYU by and large, according to the national recruiting rankings. And it will be interesting to see if these production numbers turn out as you would expect in terms of giving BYU the advantage. Because you also look at the other two Power 5 opponents for BYU in the first first month of the season. Arizona State was 8-5. and five. they their 72nd in returning production. And then Minnesota, who I believe might be the best team on BYU's Power 5 slate this coming season. Well, guess what? Minnesota, 86th in returning production. The Power 5 opponent with the most returning production for BYU on their schedule... Well, that's going to be Stanford, and that's probably surprising to you because Stanford comes in at 28th when BYU goes out there for the regular season finale out there in Palo Alto. And the other Power 5 opponent on BYU's schedule, there are six of them this year, Missouri, who has a new head coach and Elia Drinkwitz, is 99th. So it's a very interesting list. You can go on ESPN, look search out Bill Connolly's name. You can read up on these returning production numbers. But on paper, in terms of if, if returning production is an indicator of how good your team can be, BYU should be favored in a number of these Power 5 games coming up in 2020. It's just a matter of can they get out of their own way in some situations and win these games. I am interested to see how these numbers stack up at the end of the 2020 season versus what we're looking at right now in February. There's a long way to go, obviously. There's attrition, injuries, all kinds of different things that will go in to determining how BYU does in the 2020 season. But just looking at the returning production numbers, BYU returns a bunch, 70% of their production, and the majority of their tougher teams on the schedule are below them in the rankings. Sands, Stanford. Okay, so other teams, let's mention real quick. Boise State, 62nd in returning production. Missouri, we mentioned, is 99th. Utah State, 97th in returning production. The team that is the highest on BYU's schedule with the most production returning is Houston. Interesting, a four and eight program a year ago that lost Derek King, who had decided to redshirt and then transferred to Miami. You would think, okay, what does Houston have? Well, Dana Holgerson played a lot of young athletes last year. It was a very young team by and large. Speaking of the Houston Cougars, and they are number three in returning production. But I would still, in my mind, watching, having watched Houston play a year ago versus watching play BYU play every game. I would pick BYU over Houston just on paper right now, but if we're going by production numbers, returning production numbers, Houston should have the edge in this. So it's a very interesting uh, mix of how these teams are ranking out in terms of returning production. Some teams losing a lot on one side of the ball, some teams losing a lot on both sides of the ball. Utah, if you come in 130th, you're losing a lot on both sides of the ball, and anybody who watched Utah and the bevy of seniors that they had uh, understands that, yeah, they are losing a lot. So it will be interesting to see if the Cougars speaking of BYU can overcome some of the issues that have plagued them in the past and if that returning production in the 2020 season coming back for BYU will pay dividends for them as they try and chase a better record than 7 and 6 because that was just disappointing to end up 7 and 6 for the second straight year when you were had 9 wins staring you in the face when you went into that San Diego State game and obviously the Hawaii Bowl against Hawaii at the end of this past season and I, I it's going to take some time to get over that, and I think 2020 will be interesting for BYU, an interesting case study of how much does returning production really matter against what might be the toughest schedule in BYU football history. Six Power 5 opponents, teams like Boise State and Utah State on the schedules, as well as Houston, etc., tough slate for BYU but can their returning production lift them to some wins this season get them to above eight wins we're about to find out and it will be interesting to see how the rest of the offseason plays out spring ball etc and as we look towards the 2020 season we still have a number of months to go but it is exciting to look at this and see okay BYU's got a lot of returning production will it yield the wins that BYU football fans desire well we're going to have to sit back and wait and see because we still got some time to wait before they kick it off again. It sucks because college football season is just so short. <laughs> I, I miss it. I, I just love watching college football in general. So there you go. Some thoughts on BYU and the returning production in 2020. We'll see if it ultimately yields the results that they desire and BYU football fans desire as well. All right, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, you guys have probably heard a number of the local sponsors we have had on Locked on Cougars since we started this podcast just over a year and a half ago. If you've been a listener, you've heard all of these advertisers working with us and have seen all the success that they have received with working with us. But you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate BYU fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with BYU fans that are predominantly men that are well-educated and have disposable income, then let's get your company or product right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help you achieve Locked On advertising success like we've done before. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising look forward to hearing from you and working with you to find the success you're desiring right here on locked on cougars Alright, as we close out this Monday edition of the podcast, let's run down all of the other BYU sports news from the weekend that was in BYU Athletics. Let's start off with the number one ranked men's volleyball team well, number one in the media poll. BYU men's volleyball beat number eight Pepperdine in four sets, 25-18, 25-22, 22-25, 25-20 Saturday night at the Smith Fieldhouse to remain unbeaten on the season. And more importantly, it gave Sean Olmstead his 100th career win as BYU's head coach. So congratulations to Coach Olmstead that is a fantastic development for him. Uh, he joins a former coach and BYU legend Carl McGowan as the only two coaches to reach the milestone in program history. And you think of all the stuff that BYU has done. It's crazy to think. Uh, so he's in his ninth season speaking. Oh, sorry. McGowan reached his 100th win in the midst of his ninth season. Olmstead currently in his fifth season. Show you how good Olmstead's career has been. It's been really cool to see what he's done. He also has 100 career wins as the head coach of the women's team from 2011 to 2014. So BYU off to a 12-0 start. Uh, They are back in action. They're headed to Grand Canyon this coming Friday to take on Grand Canyon University at GCU Arena in Phoenix, Arizona. That'll be at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. The match will be streamed on GCU TV online. And live stats will be available on the BYU schedule page. If you want to track the Cougars later this week, they should be 13-0, all things considered that take on GCU, but we're about to find out. I think they're absolutely been dominant all year long, and this is a fun program to be tracking. If you haven't gone on board with them, similar to what we've talked about with the BYU basketball program, now is the time to hop on board. Moving on for the men's and women's track and field, they took part in the Nike Boise indoor invite on Friday, and Elise Romney uh, set a program record jumping 14 feet, 1.75 inches in the women's pole vault, set a new indoor school record, and that last name If it sounds familiar, well, yeah, Elise Romney is the wife of BYU quarterback Baylor Romney. There are some athletic, athletic genes in that marriage. And congratulations to Elise Romney. That's fantastic. Jumping 14, just over 14 feet in the air. Ugh, man, terrifies me to think about doing it, but it's awesome to see what she's doing, so congratulations to her on that program record up there in Boise. Another good weekend for men's and women's track and field up there at the Nike Indoor Invite. Women's basketball fell on the road at San Diego Saturday afternoon 51-45, to a tough loss as Paisley Johnson went for a game-high 19 points in the loss. Uh, BYU had their opportunities, but just could not find baskets down the stretch to win the game, and BYU now gets back into action this coming weekend. They'll be hosting St. Mary's on Thursday night at the Marriott Center. It'll be at 7 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV and also streamed on the BYU TV app. A couple of notes for you guys is BYU Women's Softball opened up their season with two wins on Thursday, but Friday and Saturday saw tough 3-1 losses to Oregon and number 3 Oklahoma down there at the, in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico at the Puerto Vallarta Challenge. So BYU 2-2 two two on the season. They'll be headed back out on the road this weekend to san diego california uh taking on san diego state southern utah and cal state fullerton in five games scheduled for this weekend so we'll track that for you be the campbell cartier tournament down there in san diego sdsu softball stadium so keep updates on that and then one final note for you before we go on today's podcast is that women's golf opens up their spring season today and tomorrow in rancho santa fe california as they participate in the Lambkin Invitational that's taking part at the Farms Golf Club down there in Rancho Santa Fe. So best of luck. Uh, two rounds today, one round tomorrow. We'll track that for you and report later on in the week how BYU Women's Golf does in their spring opener down there in Southern California. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Coming up this week on the podcast, have some one-on-one conversations we wanted to play. I had a chance to speak with both Eric Mateos and Preston Hadley in the aftermath of National signing day last week we'll get those interviews on for you this week we'll have a player or a coach from the BYU basketball program on the podcast as well there's plenty to cover when it comes to BYU sports especially with this BYU basketball program tracking towards the NCAA tournament excited to be covering it here for you each and every day with this podcast hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday and we'll talk to you tomorrow this has been Locked on Cougars February 10th 2020